Hello again, everyone. It is Inside Dallas Cowboys Training Camp Live. I'm Brad Sham. That's Brian Broaddus. We have been uh, broadcasting the Cowboys preseason games. We have one more to go on Sunday at noon, a rare Sunday noon preseason game. And uh, then the preseason will be over. And um, we can just do a little plug for our game on Odyssey's 105.3, the fan in Dallas-Fort Worth. Brian and I have been doing these preseason games together for a number of years. And uh, I, I, would, I wish to take credit for dubbing it the Scouts game and give you credit for embracing it so thoroughly. Why don't you tell everybody why we, why we call it that? Well, I'll I tell you what, I'll give you credit because I think when I said it the first time, you looked at me and you said, did you say it first? I thought I thought it was one of those things where you and I were kind of looking back and forth, and it was okay. like, Which, "What do we call this game?" And I think you and I both came up with the Scouts game. And and you know, uh, when it, meaning of the Scouts game is when I was uh, an NFL scout for 13 years, that final game, you know, there was some meaning for it uh, to me and, and to scouts across the league. Uh, when it comes to evaluation, because it was the final game before the the final uh, cutdown, and so I was always interested to see who the coaches were interested in playing, who they were interested in maybe keeping on the roster. Uh, you know, a lot of times these players, it's not the coaches and the front office guys that release them; it's the players themselves by the way they play. And so, with another opportunity. Uh, the scouts have a chance to evaluate, and uh, like Brad was talking about, we'll be there to evaluate it ourselves because I kind of feel like, Brad, there were some things that happened in that game the other day that kind of turned some things around for us at certain positions that we felt like maybe going in, it was this. When we got done with the game, well, maybe it was actually that. Well, let me see if I'm reading your mind, and I'll name two uh, positions and, and see if that's what you're thinking about. And uh, number one would obviously be the backup quarterback. That was the story of the game once you get past the uh, COVID uh, benching of uh, a starting defensive tackle and the defensive coordinator for the night. Not because they had it, but because they weren't feeling well and abundance of caution. But So you lose those two guys. So I'm going to say that you're thinking about uh, the backup quarterback and how both Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush contributed to closing the gap for the backup quarterback. And the other one I'm going to say you're thinking about is Semi Fajoko and his, uh, uh, frankly, um, lackluster performance for a guy who's trying to wrap up a job. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Brad. That's, that's, the, that's the path I was feeling because I know when you and I talked before the game, you asked me the question about, the backup quarterback situation and for so many practices for these games we'd seen uh garrett gilbert get the first opportunity to take those snaps and then then you get to the dress rehearsal game as we like to call it or others call it and it it was well hey cooper rush is actually going to get a series and this was planned if Post-game, Cooper Rush said he knew that he was going in the first half of that game. It just so happened that he had starters in with him, guys that are key backups. So, uh, you know, he got the opportunity to actually work with a group that, uh, you know, made him look good. He he functioned well. 
And where Garrett Gilbert, you know, there was some issues with a snap. And, and this is the things that you see in when a team doesn't have a lot of practice time together. You don't normally see the right guard step on the foot of the quarterback as he's dropping. This is timing and things that you work out uh, as you get through these practices and things. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I applaud Cooper Rush for taking the opportunity with the talent around him to do some good things, to lead some drives, to get some points. Uh, you know, those are the kinds of things you look at. And I, me personally, you know, I, I don't think this is a game where you say, okay, we're just going to play Ben DiNucci and, and figure this out. He's going to play the whole game. And I, I honestly believe you've got to play Gilbert and you've got to play Cooper Rush and you've got to figure those things out of really who do you feel like gives you the best shot if something were to happen to Dak Prescott. Now, on the semi Fajoko side of things, Brad, there's a side of me that was wondering if they're going to now keep six receivers. And, you know, and that, and because what's happening is there's some other positions where you and I have talked about, do you go long at that position? Do you go short? When we talk about long and short, of course, it's long. Do you go more than, say, the normal number that you go there? Or do you go short? maybe one less. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, there's some positions there that probably are going to need one more guy. And we'll see uh, if, in fact, the Cowboys say, you know what, you know, Simi Fajoko, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're a nice player, but we need that spot and maybe we'll go out and find another Simi Fajoko or Malik Turner gets well enough that they bring him back another time. But right now, I think there's some questions whether they really keep a sixth receiver on this roster. And, and I think one of the most important parts of that is that how the roster, which will be reduced tomorrow by five more players, to down to 80. But how it reduces to 53 doesn't mean how it will open for right. the first week. So um, let's stay on that for a minute. I'm looking in my Cowboys book. I was curious about Malik Turner's uh, – Status. He's a fourth-year player, but I don't know if he has had enough uh, time on the active list to be a vested veteran. And the reason that's important, people need to remember, is if a player is not, if he's a rookie or a second- or third-year player, then if you want to move him off the roster, you have to put him on waivers and expose him to the rest of the league in inverse order of last year's standings. But if a player is a vested veteran, four years or more, then he's not uh, susceptible to waivers. You can release him, and you can then uh, make a, a handshake deal with him if you want to, and this happens every year with many teams. You can confirm that for me, that they say, we're, we're moving you off the roster because that guy has to go on injured reserve, and we don't want to do that before the year because that puts him out for the year. So we're releasing you. Don't leave, not only don't leave town, don't leave the hotel. Don't leave your room. Order, order a nice steak uh, and, and uh, you know, ha have a milkshake. And tomorrow when the 24-hour period is gone, then we're putting him on injured reserve and we're bringing you back. Right. Now the player doesn't have to go along with that, but usually they do. Sometimes there's an incentive like a nice steak or a milkshake or something like that. Um that, I think, comes into play with the receivers as well as with the safeties. 
they've got a number of safeties who they could just release and not expose to waivers. Because I think they got more safeties than um, they thought they were going to want to keep. And then you threw Malik Hooker into it. So that's why, frankly, I agree with you about the number of receivers. And it's if Malik Turner had not gotten hurt and had continued to play at the level at which he was playing, then I think that he kept six receivers. But now they could probably wave him injured. They can bring him back then, right? Am I right about that if they wave him yeah. injured? Yeah, you wave him injured, but he'd be gone, like you say. It'll be a deal where likely what would happen is if they want to hold his rights, they could put him back on uh, back on the uh, – you know, on the injured list, it would probably be some type of a situation where they you could keep him there, give him the injury settlement. They, they might just move on too, or they might say, right. hey, there's somebody out there. There's a lot of moving parts about what they could do with Malik Turner. I, I, again, I've always believed this whole thing about scouts like to try and protect the draft. You know, Simi Fajoko, you know, I mean, has he shown you enough? to say, hey, we have to keep six guys? Has Malik Turner made you feel like, well, hey, we have to have Malik Turner? You know, maybe they kind of feel like, you know, hey, we we could go find another one of those guys. We we could go and claim somebody, or we could go sign somebody, or put somebody on the practice squad. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's one of those positions where I'm looking at it right now, and I'm thinking, do, can I afford to keep six? Uh, do I have to keep three quarterbacks. No, only need to really need two because I feel like Brad, there's other positions. You know, there's, I feel like they're pretty stable right now at what they're going to do at linebacker. I don't really have a great feeling about what they, I have a feeling they want to play. I, I have a feeling that they, they want to do something uh, with, with, uh, with uh, Kazee as being a starter. And then also Donovan Wilson as being the starter, but behind that, where are we going with that? Uh, well, you've got uh, Hooker, you've got yeah, yeah. you've got Hooker, you've got J. Ron Curse who played extremely well, and you've got right. Darian Thompson, right. one of those vested veterans who was right. one of, has been one of their core special teams guys. Right. See, that's what I'm saying. To me, if if you get a situation in this game where, and I think it's going to have to happen, you know, Jerry Jones in pregame was saying that oh, you know, Hooker, smart, talented, you know, and he's he's not wrong. The problem they're running into is, does, is he made this team with just playing last week, or does he have to play? I think if he plays this week against Jacksonville, they still have questions. That would be, I still have questions whether I want to keep him on the 53. If they don't play him in that game, I would say he's probably made this team. And now, does it come down to you know, one of those things I was talking about earlier? either the sixth wide receiver or the fifth safety. You know, how do you want to play that? I think Bones Fossil, uh, the special teams coach, is going to have a big say, and I've got to have uh, Darian Thompson. He's my personal protector on the punt. You know, he's on all my special teams. Well, can we do something with Curse? Can we? Can Hooker play special teams? I mean, there's, there's some questions at that backup safety spot that, that I think that they don't have answers for. Uh, yet in the, the, the final preseason game uh, could very well tell you if they're going to get those answers or not. And uh, by the way, we were talking about the safeties and we have not mentioned the rookie uh, Mukwamu, yeah. who they like, who they like. He's converting from cornerback 
he would be a guy I'd be surprised if they cut him because now he's exposed and uh, he might be the 53rd guy. Maybe he's maybe he's going to redshirt all year, but I don't think they want to lose him. Anyway, uh, those are questions that we will get uh, answered. I do want to make this one point, and you're in a great position to discuss it because you sat in rooms for three different teams. Uh, and when we say that a guy was drafted, sometimes, I mean, the club drafted him. But right. sometimes there's a, you, you, the people in the know say, well, Yes, but fill-in-the-blank coach drafted that guy, which sure. means that you know he got up on the table and said, i got to have that guy. Right. It's, right. It has happened here with right. assistant coaches who are not here anymore, maybe with some who are. Then you can say, well, no, that was a scouting thing. Or sometimes it was, well, the owner, like I think, I, I think right. in Washington, the quarterback who's now trying to be the backup quarterback of the Steelers the owner drafted that guy. Haskins, yes. Right? Yeah. So that I mean that's pretty clear. So do you know who drafted Fahoko? Well, that to me is uh that was a combination of the coaches and the scouts on that one. That was one where uh I don't believe a coach went to Stanford to do that workout. So that was uh, a Mitch LaPointe, the the scouts that handled the West Coast, uh, uh those guys got the work, they got the, the numbers from the workouts, and then they had him on the board where they drafted him. Uh, so I think that was a little bit of a combination. When you start to talk about those defensive players, you mentioned the safety from South Carolina. You know, Dan Quinn went to Columbia, South Carolina, to go work out uh, Horn, uh, the cornerback, who they thought they were going to have a shot at. So, you know. Uh, you know but then he's from Oklahoma. Yeni Samukwamu, and now you've got, oh, wait, well, I've seen this tall, rangy, safety corner guy that I really kind of like, and he's got the traits that I like. So, yeah, it's about having sponsors. And scouts will tell you sometimes, and I've had one just uh, just recently tell me this. He says, listen, sometimes they really don't care who we like. They care who they like, and they're going to play who they like. And, you know, we got to just do the best we can. There's some things that these scouts are going to win on, and there's some things these scouts are going to lose on. And, you know, it's it's funny. The front office will side with coaches when it comes to uh, – and, and I'll give you an example. Uh, the whole thing with Danucci. I'm trying to tell people on Twitter, like, listen, don't get upset. If he's on the practice squad, that's because the head coach wants him on the practice squad. And – you know, the head coach is going to say, hey, I would like to have this guy. And whether it's on the 53 or on the practice squad, when the head coach says, I would like to have this guy, that guy is going to be on the roster, practice squad or 53. I want to go uh, in a minute back to the first position we had discussed, but we do want to uh, remind you that uh, we are uh, here until September Third through September 3rd, every Monday and Friday. Uh, and this is across the Odyssey platforms as uh, teams, uh, uh, reporters bring you the, the latest from training camp. You can find out who's hot, who's hurt, uh, who might just put your fantasy team over the top. Although Brian Broaddus and I aren't going to get too much into fantasy, but you can read between the lines. Um, I want to go back to what you were talking about at quarterback. And the thing that you said that is so right and people – may not understand what you mean by it about players cut themselves. Yeah. I'll never forget Babe Laufenberg, who was drafted by Joe Gibbs, 
saying that Gibbs used to say in meetings all the time, I don't cut you, you cut yourself. Ourselves used to say the same thing. Right. And so the thing that Cooper Rush saying about, yeah, they told me I was coming into the first half. Okay, fair enough. They didn't, I, I didn't hear anything in comments from Rush or Mike McCarthy after the game that persuaded me that the plan all along was to have him come in on the third series of the game. I heard nothing that persuaded me that uh, if Gilbert hadn't gotten his footwork messed up and stuck his foot under Zach Martin's foot and followed that up with holding the ball too long, resulting in a fumble that set up Houston's first touchdown, I've heard nothing to persuade me that if those things had not happened, that Gilbert wouldn't have played another couple of series. If he'd made two first downs, gotten him down there, kicked a field goal or punted inside the 20, I think he'd have been back out for another series. Right. That, that didn't happen. And that's why my reaction during the game and still is today that Gilbert precipitated that. Now it may be that rush was closer than any of us knew, but Gilbert precipitated that change in the game by the way he played and rush took advantage of it to me that's an example of what you are saying is players wind up cutting themselves yeah the time when we were broadcasting and you said that it was like man brad is on to something here because to me it was it was clear that they really weren't going anywhere with it and this was the starters this was the you know, starting offensive line and receivers out there and tight ends, not the running back, but Tony Pollard is just as good as a starter out there playing. And, you know, all of a sudden you're not moving the team and you have mistakes and you're holding the ball. And, you know, this is the third game now where, you know, you watch, uh, you watch uh, Gilbert, you know, hold the ball, hold the ball. And Jacob Martin comes all the way around Lyle Collins and, you know, makes a sack and you're going, well, okay, get him out of there. Let's see the other guy. Let's give the other guy the reps. And when you said it, the light bulb went off for me that, like, Brad's right here. This is not – this wasn't a planned thing. This was let's see if the other guy could just move the team. And he did. He absolutely moved the team. Now, the problem that they're going to run into in this game, this next game, is that we're not going to have the starting offensive line. Right. We're not going to have the starting receivers. Are you going to get a good evaluation of Garrett Gilbert still and Cooper Rush playing behind guys that you and I talk about generally in the in the you know the second quarter, late second quarter and second halves of games. You know, or guys that aren't getting pushed up front, backup backup running backs, wide receivers that are likely going to get cut. You know, this is this is the problem that you run into if you haven't made your decision yet on Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert and you're going to carry it one more game. Are you going to base it on guys playing well with guys that are likely not going to be even on the roster? You know, that that that's that's tough. That's a tough, tough thing to have to uh, to look at. But that might be the only evaluation. Well, that not might. That's the only evaluation they have left. You know, the other thing that made me say that is, and this is why people like you and me go to practice when we're right. allowed to go to practice. Right. There hasn't been a time that Cooper Rush took the snaps no. with the first team. 
Nope. Since Dak Prescott hurt his shoulder on the 28th of July. Not at all. Garrett Gilbert's had ever just about. I might. I'll give myself wiggle room that maybe there were a handful, but he's had at least ninety percent of the first team snaps. Yeah, well, that just doesn't say to you that this was premeditated. Now they're not. They did not practice today, so they've got basically three days of practice. I don't think they're going to practice Thursday. No. So by the time we come back and do this conversation again on Friday evening, we will have. Uh, we will have been privy to three practices and we will have been able to see how they divide up the first team reps in practice. And that might, that'll be instructive right. to me because w- won't that be a tip off when we go to practice tomorrow, won't that be a tip off about how, who they plan on starting the game with? Yeah, I think so, Brad. Uh, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And if we, go out to practice on Tuesday morning and, you know, we watch these guys alternate reps where it's Gilbert gets one or two with the ones. They come back, they give Cooper Rush the last, maybe the third rep, and then maybe the start the next with the ones again. Yeah, I I just, I, you know, if, if I, I was under the impression this thing was done and it it might not be done just because of the couple of series that Gilbert had against the Houston Texans might have opened this thing wide open again, at least in the coaches' minds. They, they, you can't discount how well Cooper Rush played with the ones. You, you can't. You can't. He was far better than what Gilbert was. And the and other maybe, thing, and the other Gilbert thing, Gilbert got a little comfortable too. Maybe with that. Maybe. Yeah. And the other thing, and I love the I love the term you use. I hadn't heard it before, but having a sponsor. But and I think you made this point Saturday night and people forget it because Cooper Rush was signed as a free agent here in 2017 and he was the primary backup in 17 and 18. So he was around Kellen Moore. Right. He was not around this head coach. So they signed they only signed him after the Giant. He then signed with the Giants where Jason Garrett is and the Giants released him, and then he came to the practice squad, and that was only after Prescott was already out. Right. And and I'm I'm not I think they had Rush signed on the practice squad before they signed Gilbert last year because they needed bodies. They needed right. somebody behind Ben DiNucci and uh, Andy Dalton, and so Rush is still showing. Now Nussmeyer, the quarterback coach, was here. Kellen Moore was here. But McCarthy, Rush is still showing him. Right. Right. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, that if – now, if Cooper Rush would have went out there and fell on his face, uh, you know, those opportunities he got in that game with the ones behind the ones, then this we're not having this conversation. We're probably not having this conversation. But, you know, that's, that's the beauty of preseason games. That's the beauty of practice. That's the unfortunate injuries or health of particular players. When you start to build this team, guys that you feel like you're throwing dirt on, all of a sudden brush the dirt off, brush themselves off, and put themselves in the middle of things. And, you know, Stephen Jones was talking about 68 players or whatever that they – I think it was – if he would have said 48, 50 maybe, yeah, I would have – but there are some guys that, like I said, Cooper Rush, 
Curse, guys like that that you kind of thought were going to be pushed to the side have given themselves a chance, at least made the coaches now have to think about them in a different light. Okay, uh, on defense, and again, we'll talk about this much more uh, educated on Friday after we've seen the last week of training camp practice, because training camp technically will end at the end of this week. On the defensive side, we've talked about the safeties. Are we talking about anyone who has to convince them what they think of him yet? Do you think that there's anybody about whom they are still uncertain? Talking about the safeties? No, I'm talking about the defense. No, the just side, we, we've discussed oh, okay. the safeties. I mean, I think yeah, that... Yeah, no, just in general. Just in general. Just in general. To, the first thing that comes to my mind is they've got to figure out what to do with their rookie defensive end, Golston. I, when, yeah. this Because he, he, he hasn't yeah. been able to play, but he is out working... Yeah, uh, with the uh, trainers, and right. so they've got to decide: is he going to be out for six weeks, or the possibility of only maybe three? I'll tell you what, Brad. There's two areas I'm looking at right now. I'm thinking about Bradley and I, and I don't know where I'm at with Bradley and I. I think I've got a guy that's a good rusher. I think a guy that maybe I'm going to have to train for special teams. But I went, you know, the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, not really having a, a plan for him. I'm like, he's got to get healthy. He's got to show me. He's shown the fact that he's been able to make some plays in these games. So in my mind, I've got him in that mix of those defensive ends. Uh, I've got to honestly figure out, is Jordan Lewis my absolute best option at slot corner? But I'm not thinking it in a way of, okay, Canaday, Maurice Canaday has all of a sudden played at this level. I kind of feel like Maurice Canaday has flattened out a little bit as far as a player. So, but, you know, I had a guy this morning tell me, it's like, listen, Jordan Lewis is Jordan Lewis. And he was saying that in a way of, he's going to be good sometimes, he's going to be bad sometimes. And I'm thinking, well, I, I want the good Jordan Lewis all the time. He says, that's not what's going to happen with Jordan Lewis. It's not what's going to happen with Anthony Brown. You know, you kind of have an idea what these guys are. They make plays like Anthony Brown was not good against Pittsburgh, much better against the Texans. So, you know, it's that word consistency. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong, I talked about him. Can he go from having five tackles and two sacks and keep that going as opposed to being goose egged, you know, the next week. You know, that's the that's the, the consistency problem. Again, I thought Canada, and I thought he had a shot. But to me, it just looks very, very flat. The point where I'm like, well, is he any better than Jordan Lewis? Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. That's, those are the kinds of things that are going through my mind right now. I think they've got the linebacker situation good. I think that's the one... If you want to talk about the position on defense that appears to be they got it right, they've got a good plan for how they're going to play these linebackers. Yeah, you know? and I, I would say the, um, the way that uh, Luke Gifford has played, and he's had trouble right. staying healthy the last couple of years, um, he'd be the one guy who I think has played well enough to have a spot who probably won't have one sure, because they've got too many other good players. Right. Now, if he doesn't get claimed, then you sign him – 
in a heartbeat to the practice squad. But I, right. I, I agree with you, and I think they've got to look at some of these defensive ends. Uh, and and I and I is still the one who I I'm with you. I don't know I don't know what I have. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Brad, on the offensive side of the ball, real quick. This whole tackle situation, you know, uh, are we totally sure what's going on at backup tackle? And did they spend 14 games on Terrence Steele last year to think, you know, is he not your swing tackle? You know, oh, wait, we've got, you know, we've got Insiki at tackle. Well, was Insiki good enough? Is Steele good enough? Is Knight good enough? See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it is unfortunate that they, they used a lot of – and out of necessity, they used a lot of games on Knight and Steele – and neither one of them make me feel just completely confident that either one of them could be the swing tackle. I think if they had known everything they wanted to know in a positive way about Steele and Knight, they would never have signed Ty Inseki. You don't sign a veteran yeah. like that. You sign a young guy. Right. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, Inseki was poor, I thought, against uh, Pittsburgh in the Hall of yeah. Fame game. Uh, had a couple of moments he'd like to have back the other night, sure. but he's been more sure. solid. Um, yeah. I'd love you to spend the last few seconds we've got here today talking about Terrence Steele because yeah. they talk. You know, I, he was one of their workout winners in the yeah. off season. Um, I, I'm not sure how much better I've seen him be in these three games than what we saw for 13 or 14 games last year. Yeah, that's the problem, Brad. And I think you hit the nail on the head. They used 14 games of steel to go out and sign a veteran guy, you know, with the thought that he might be the swing guy. So to me, and they also drafted Ball, who is going to, you know, he's going to go on IR and that's going to be it for him. He's not going to play at all this year. So, yeah, it, it's the thing with steel is I – I haven't seen a guy that has gotten better. I haven't seen a stronger guy. I, you know, I haven't seen a guy that's more foot, you know, the quickness, the, the sack they gave up the other night, him, Martin on the twist, they didn't block anybody. You know, neither one got in position. You know, you played 14 games in the NFL. You, you have to know stuff like that is going to happen. You can't be making mistakes. Uh, I just, man, that is one of those spots right now. If you're a Cowboy fan and you're watching this, you probably are. You just It's always going to be about Smith. It's going to be about Collins. Hopefully they can all stay on that path because the alternative doesn't always look pretty good. Well, uh, practice resumes tomorrow, and uh, we're going to – excuse me, we're going to see <coughs> about three more practices before Brian and I come back on Friday. And uh, – I don't know if we'll be smart, but we'll be a little more well-educated than we are right now. And uh, we have three more of these, including Friday and then Monday and Friday next week. And we are very happy to have you with us. That'll do it for Brian Broadus. I'm Brad Sham on Dallas Cowboys Training Camp Live.